welcome to the Connected Mom Podcast, where we have real conversations helping you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. I'm Becky Harling, your host, and I have with me today my amazing co-host, Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Becky. It's so good to be here. Let us know what we're talking about today. So we are talking about connection, and we have a very special guest who I am super excited about. So we have with us Dr. Gregory Jantz. Dr. Jantz is an expert on connection. He's written a book on it, but he's a mental health expert. He's done all kinds of work with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and he has spent the last 30 years pioneering the whole person care. He's been a guest on CNN, Fox News, Focus on the Family, Dr. Phil, all the things. And he is the best-selling author of, get this, ladies, 43 books. I, I don't even know how that's possible, Dr. Jantz. But when I received your book, The Power of Connection, I knew we had to have you on because you're such a perfect fit for our mamas. So mm. welcome. Good to be with you today. And the boy, The Power of Connection, we need that more than ever. Yeah, no kidding. So help us unpack that a little bit, because why is connection so important for people? What's behind that? Yeah, what is? And by the way, people love, you know, I'm doing more of these, I call them mini books, you know, 100 plus yeah, pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our attention span is so down. Yep. And it's <laughs> shorter and shorter. Um, so that said, we, sometimes we need information quick. That's my design. Um, connection. I love that. <laughs> yeah, we need it. So, um, as I think about connection, supposedly we're more connected than ever. We got social media and we're supposed to be more tied together than ever before. But what we're finding is, um, our loneliness is going up and up and up. That recent, it was kind of a famous little survey that was done across the United States, found mm -hmm. 61% of Americans said they were lonely. 61%. The second question on that was, can you name a close friend? And uh, majority of people could not name a person they would consider to be a close friend. And so despite social media, despite all these interconnections, we're probably less connected in real relationships and real relationships have trust. They have intimacy. Mm. Uh, you know, I asked my, I have a, a younger son and I did ask him because uh, we were talking about friends. He says, well, I have lots of friends and you know, they were online. I said, have you seen any of these friends? Oh no, but they're my friends. So we've kind of, redefined what yep. a friend is, but we need real relationships. We really do. And loneliness is just on such a rise right now, you know, yeah. and it, and I think for mamas, uh, they are all, I mean, if you go to a local park, right, they're all on Instagram while the kids are playing, you know, so they may feel like they have those connections, but they really need friends. You know, when yeah. I was raising kids, I knew there were certain friends I could call at any hour of the day. We prayed for our kids together. You know, we got together in real life. And so those connections are so important. Really important. We grow in the presence of healthy relationships. So I've been in the helping professions. This is my 39th year. Sounds strange to say that. 
And uh, I founded a facility where people come, they're here for four or six weeks. And if there's one issue, and so they're coming for help for depression, for anxiety, at times for addiction. Mm. But if there's one single issue that everybody says, I wish I had, and it was, I wish I had more healthy relationships. I wish I had relationships and people in my life I can trust. The last three years of pandemic insanity, yep. Um, yep. people have learned not to trust. Yeah, Distru Distrust generally uh, is at an all-time high. We don't trust media. We don't trust yeah. news. We go because um, we feel betrayed. And so, when we think about relationships, who do you really trust? Yeah. Who do you know will tell you the truth, and they have no intent of hurting you? But there's that trust. There's that intimacy, that emotional intimacy, and it's a healing relationship. Um, we need to have two or three people like that in our life. Yeah, we really do. And I, I think for moms, it, it's critical that they find those people, you know? And so, I, I, okay, I'm thinking a couple of scenarios. I'm just going to throw them out and you give us advice. Okay, so I think about the mom who, you know, is in the toddler years and her kids are wild and she doesn't feel like she can take them to anybody's house. And how does she connect? How does she find a friend? <laughs> yeah. Okay. One of the things, and you brought me beautifully to something that's called isolation. Yeah. If we're overwhelmed, if we're embarrassed, if we feel disconnected, we tend to isolate. And isolation breeds depression. Isolation can promote anxiety. And isolation can cause you to feel, I'm going to say shame, that something's yeah. wrong with me. I really can't connect with people. Uh, my kids are out of control. You know, you just start <laughs> looking at everything that's not going well, and you feel you feel ashamed. So when we want to isolate, it's usually because um, of embarrassment or shame, maybe depression. We feel too anxious. So that's the time that we need to replug in, though. So, but. In our fear, we want to isolate. You know, so, okay, here's another scenario. What about the single mom? I mean, I had the privilege of raising our four kids with my husband. You know, we're still married. We've been doing this for 43 years, you know, and and it, it was wonderful to do it together, you know. Yeah. But I feel for those single moms out there, and I'm sure we have a bunch listening today. So they're single. They're trying to hold down a job, get the kids to daycare or school or whatever. They get home in the evening. They're trying to help with homework and cooking dinner and all those things. How do they connect? How do they find connection? Yes. We have two things going on there. Uh, time, limited time. Yeah. And everything in my life is intense. There's an intensity, yep. right? Yep. And there's an intensity of work, of taking care of things at home, taking care of kids. So there's, it's hard to find any time where I can renew or rebuild or restore yeah. my well-being. So one of the things is uh, find two people in your life that, uh, and they're usually not family members, but they're two, they're friends, yeah. um, that one is, they're going to pray for you. Um, yeah. they're going to be a resource. Um, I like to say mentor. I want somebody 
in my life that's a little mm. farther down the road mm -hmm. um, who I trust, yeah. um, who I can check in, but make sure I'm having communication uh, with them. It doesn't take much time. Uh, a 10 minute phone call or a 10 minute check in once a week can be pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, but sometimes if I have all these things going on, I, I do need some accountability for, you know, how am I taking care of myself? How do I, you know, how do I find time for that? But I need to begin to let at least two people into my life that where I'm really telling them what's going on. I'm, I'm sharing with them. F for one, they may have some ideas for me. Number two, they're good. I want them to pray. We're praying for one another. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes they can have ideas that go, oh, I didn't think of that. You know, yeah. sometimes they can, sometimes they can help. So uh, the tendency is to go alone, to isolate. And I'm saying do just the opposite. Mm. So we've been talking about connecting with other moms, which Becky and yes. I love to talk about on this podcast. But if we could shift to connecting with our child, I feel like in American medical world, we've, we've, figured out, oh, okay, infant bonding, connection with our, our child is really important. But um, Becky and I talk about sometimes it gets a little trickier as they get older, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So how do you reestablish that connection? I mean, when they're little, they're literally on you, right? <laughs> Often. Yeah. But then as they, as they get bigger, I know developmentally, they naturally want to kind of become their own person and that sort of thing. But what advice would you have for moms and keeping that connection um, as the, as a child grows? Yes. Well, and we need to allow for normal developmental stages. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say some general uh, in some general terms. One is uh, a typical boy moving into man, young manhood is going to uh, respond differently. They're going to uh, times, uh, you're going to be concerned about them. They may seem like they're withdrawing from you. They may be very short. If you ask them a question, how was your day? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you feel like <laughs> I, I, I can't even get a conversation from him anymore, you know, and, and you're worried and concerned about him. Um, so there's some natural um, developmental stages that they're going to go through. But here's the thing. You can still keep a bridge of communication, a bridge of love. And how we do that is we do need to still factor in uh, time. If you, uh, you may notice that if we do physical activities with our kids, it changes something. If I have something really important to talk to my son about, for example, um, you don't say, you know, sit down. I want to talk to you. This is really important. Look at me in the <laughs> eyes, right? Um, suddenly they're, They've, they're shutting down. Yeah. But if you take them, uh, I don't know, outside or for a walk or you um, engage a physical activity with an important conversation, it's an entirely different experience. Mm -hmm. And so just find creative ways to reconnect, uh, but allow them, we need to allow them, um, there's a growing up going on as well, right? Um, we also want to look at where's their peer influence? Um, that's pretty important. Uh, a peer influence. If you, suddenly you see academic f struggles and failure, you see uh, isolation and they're putting earbuds in and they're 
um, not coming out of their bedrooms for long, long periods of time. Um, they seem even more withdrawn. You know, some of those are warning signs. Um, and we do, there's, it's a time of experimentation. Uh, we need to, you know, sometimes we're shocked when we see even what, what's going on online. Mm -hmm. So keep all these topics, though, safe to talk about. Yeah, I love that. I'm having so many thoughts right now. So I got to ask you a few other questions. Okay. What about like, let's talk grade school for a minute. Okay. Okay. What about a grade school child where, you know, you've had kind of conflict and maybe there's, you know, a strong will involved there and the child is having angry outbursts and they just start pulling away because they're angry at you. You know, they don't like your rules and whatever. Um, how do you reconnect with an angry Angry child? How do you get them to calm down so that you can reconnect? Yeah, with an angry child. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, can be so difficult. I just want to acknowledge that challenge. So, uh, one of the things we need to be sure we're doing is in anger, sometimes as a parent, we may say things that we regret um, out of frustration. And so, um, I'm always going to say when you're dealing with a very angry child, maybe elementary school, um, be careful. We want to usually work to calm that down or control the child. You probably noticed the more you try to control, the more they may go into a tantrum. <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, but change the physical setting again. Um, hey, let's, let's go outside here for a minute. Just change again. Um, if they're mm. upset, change the environment um, and allow a certain amount of time for them to express. We do want them to know it's okay, um, but it's how we, we say things. If they're screaming, I hate you, well, we need to, they got to learn a different way of doing it. <laughs> um, so sometimes we need to ask the question, um, sweetheart, what, what's really going on? Can you help me understand? So go for gaining more information, go for clarity, ask a few questions. Um, and then it can be comforting to say, I understand you're really upset. I believe I can help you. Mm. Okay. Just, mm. okay. But acknowledge the emotion. I know you're really upset. I believe I can help you. Can I ask you a couple questions? Wow. Yeah. So you're going to help them refocus. I, I love that, you know, we, we, because I think kids do get angry. You know, when I grew up, probably when you grew up, uh, you know, anger was really, you were kind of taught, Hey, this is a wrong emotion. We don't want to give our kids that message, right? Because Jesus got angry, right? But we want to teach them how to use those angry skills and we want to repair the relationship, you know, yeah. which for some moms is, is really a struggle, you know? And then if the mom is getting angry, that can yes. escalate the whole thing. Or if she's getting panicked, you know, like, Oh, I got to control this. Like you said, I love that you used that word control, you know, mm -hmm. um, because I think that can escalate the whole thing, you know? So Becky mentioned that I have two little boys, the six and nine-year-old, and, and that piece I of advice. Boys. I love boys. Thank you. I have boys. I know. One of them's married now and one's in college, but come on. I love boys. <laughs> I do too. I'm glad to be a, a boy mom. I, you know, I didn't really have a say in the matter, but I'm thankful. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's working out pretty good. Um, but 
I hear there's a book I need to read of yours. So that's awesome. I just wrote that down. But is there a difference between how parents connect with boys and girls? I'm sure there's similarities, but in asking this, I'm sure there are. So what are some of those differences that can be there um, in a connection with a, a boy child versus a girl? Yeah, generally speaking, we connect through boys through activity. Um, so uh, if I had something really important to talk about, I would uh, generally take a uh, boy outside and I would make sure they had something in their hands. I know this sounds silly. Um, whether no, it's a ball. that sounds wise. <laughs> <laughs> so wise. Yeah. Well, one is they need that in their hands to fiddle and um, we call it a mediating object. We need, a, they need an object. So mm. it's a ball. If I go for a walk, um, give them a stick. <laughs> They're going to be swinging a stick. Yeah. You know? um, but they need something in their hands and they need, need movement while we're talking to them. Um, so the boys, if it's really important uh, or has the communication has some emotion with it, they don't do well setting down. Um, we know in the classroom, um, boys, you know, the little, little bouncy uh, balls you have at the gym. <laughs> um, what are those called? You know, you the sell yoga them. balls. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, so there's some classrooms that that's the chair for the boys or they put those in the room. Mm. You think, boy, the room's going to be totally out of control. As long as, <laughs> as long as a boy can be moving I'm, and I'm moving, as long as they can be moving while they're taking a test or a quiz, their scores are higher. Mm. It has mm. to do with their brain. Okay. Yeah. Is so there's there, a connection with the movement in their brain? Connection with movement in their brain. Yeah. Okay. And this is why, you know, the boy in the classroom that's got the pen that's, and he's just, mm, 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 and he's hitting the kid in front of him and he's making all <laughs> kinds of um, obnoxious noise. And you go, ah, put it down. Well, he needs something in his hand. Um, what we know is the boy's brain may go into alpha or a rest state pretty easy. That tapping and movement is kind of keeping his brain awake. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Hey, we Sunday yeah, night, nice. just like this past Sunday night. Okay. I have my kids over for Sunday dinner and um, we have four, seven year olds, one in each of the four kids families and three of them are boys. So the three boy parents were here and they were all talking about it, you know, and wow, the soccer balls flying through the house and Barbie heads are coming off. And, you know, my, my son doesn't want to read anymore. He doesn't, you know, he's just <laughs> always got to be moving. He's got to be on the trampoline. He's got to be kicking a soccer ball and everything you're saying. I, I mean, really, we should have invited you to Sunday dinner. <laughs> I would have been quite a case study. Yes, that's right. We would, you would have had material for years. <laughs> oh, well, that's, and that, you know, um, they, let me just acknowledge it can be really challenging. Yeah. Times frustrating. At times you feel like, whoa, I don't have their attention. Where is their attention? Uh, you mix technology in it and they always want to, you know, they want the technology. It, it, it's challenging at times. 
It is. So let me dive into another topic, technology. I mean, that's every parent's challenge right now, right? And what is, I mean, we're talking about connection. You want to be connected to your kid and at times they're just shutting down. They want to be on a phone or on an iPad or playing a video game and they Mm -hmm. just want to kind of tune you out. You know, what do you, what are recommendations you have for moms concerning technology? Yeah. And let me just say technology is tricky because it's so easy to hand the little iPad over and use it as a pacifier. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And if you've ever tried to, in a, in a restaurant, you've ever seen a kid that's <laughs> being noisy and you just hand them your cell phone or iPad and suddenly they have a pacifier. Yep. And then you try to take that from them. Yep. <laughs> and boy, do you get, you get the tantrum. So we first of all need to have parameters around time. How much time is allowed in technology? And we also know if we overstimulate the brain, okay, so unregulated, you know, what are, what are boys like? Uh, fast, a uh, lot of stimuli, visual action, mm. etc. Okay, but if we have unferreted access to that all the time we're overstimulating the brain Mm. and the brain developmentally is not designed for that level of just overstimulation Mm. and we can develop later on that's why sixth seventh grade uh you may see uh, a a boy in particular who is they're like addicted to technology and their whole life evolves around that and you see their personality change, you see that they're irritable, you see their sleep disturbances. And really, they are developing a technology, at times a gaming addiction, and you see the personality change. Um, So we have to have boundaries around time. And uh, we never allow a screen in a bedroom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, okay, they're in their bedroom doing homework, there's a computer in their room. Um, a lot of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. So there's something called cyber bully behavior. We mm. can't always control what they're being exposed to. The average age to exposure to pornography on the internet is about age nine. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, so, and so if they do have a cell phone, the cell phone is a portable computer. <laughs> so yeah. If they have one. Well, it needs to be on the chart. We had a rule. It has to be on the charger. And this happened to be in mom and dad's room uh, by a certain time every night or you didn't have it the next day. Mm. So you can tr- you control you control the amount of time. Yeah, um, I love that. The, and, and now, some of this is age dependent as they get older. Things change a bit. Um, but and we don't let any devices be present uh, at mealtime. So dinner table. Uh, no devices. Now I'll have to tell you, this is a confession. We did make, I think it was Thursday evening. We called it din, uh, digital dinner night. Oh, that's what a good that? idea. <laughs> digital. Okay. What's this that? was the only day of week that they could bring their device to the dinner table. And was, this was by design. I mean, it was distracting, but uh, we, we wanted to learn. Okay. So what's the latest app or what's yeah. going on? What do you yeah. what do you do with your friend? We wanted to enter into their world and them share with us uh, more about what they were doing. And it was a chance for them not to hide from us, but to talk about it. 
I love that. We learned a lot. I'm sure. Yeah. So good. So I have the boy tip spinning in my brain and technology (laughs) is technology is so consuming for both genders, but in terms of connection, what is it about gaming for, for boys maybe specifically, or maybe just in general, because it does seem like that is just a natural thing that they grasp, not natural (laughs) gaming is not natural, but, but the fact that they really love gaming Mm. and, and I'm sure there's some positives in that. So for as a mom that's trying to connect with my boy who also loves these games, he's going to love them whether I ban him or not, right? Yeah. Um, do you have any tips for that? Because I love the digital dinner idea, but how can we how can we kind of step into that love? What is it about it that they like? Well, for one, um, and it, honestly, I'm going to tell you this was probably my least favorite thing to do, but um, I would. I would um, ask to play with them occasionally. <laughs> okay, first of Hard all, for me too. Yes. Oh gosh, I I was absolutely terrible at anything. Yeah. I was slow, <laughs> and I I was it, it just was not my world at all. I I, right. I have never liked anything to do with gaming or online games, but I did it as a point of connection, and then you know talking about so. I used it to bond and connect um, so we could talk about other things. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. And by the way, kids need, they need outside, they need movement yeah. and technology keeps them inside, keeps them away from fresh air, you know? mm. <laughs> keeps them from movement. So, but particularly with boys, boys love things that are intense. So, mm. you know, that's why the, the war, battle games, all that. They love anything that's intense. And they're visual. Mm-hmm. They're more they're more visual. And so uh, it creates also a lot of dopamine flowing through the brain, that chemical in the brain mm-hmm. that we call the pleasure chemical. And so mm-hmm. um, that's why I say they have an overstimulated brain. You're you just you get that dopamine high. It feels good and you want to go back to it. Yeah. And so, and it becomes a way for boys to process emotions. Mm, so if I'm upset, okay. I go play a game. If I yeah. had a good day at school, mm-hmm. I play a game. It's just my, and it ends up being like the only thing. And if you ask a boy, sometimes they go, well, I don't know what else to do. Things are boring. Everything's boring. So I like this game. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, that's how it gets to. I love that. I love that you admitted that you weren't good at gaming because uh, last year I was taking care of one of my grandsons and he's really into gaming. So he said, come play Minecraft with me. So he yeah. hands his remote, you know, and then halfway through the game, he got so frustrated with me. And he's like, Mimi, give me that. And he's doing all these <laughs> things and I just gave up. You know, I'm like, all right, that's not going to be my strong suit. Anyway, in closing up our time together, Dr. Jantz, would you just give our mamas like maybe three closing tips um, about connecting? Uh, maybe one tip about connecting with other moms and two tips for connecting with their child. Yes. Connection builds relationship and relationships build and empower us. And you will notice that um, I will always regret moving away or isolating but I won't regret stepping into a relationship. And mm. so, um, and also 
there's times where, you know, you're talking to somebody and they've walked through it. And just having that empathy, having that compassion can be really powerful. So um, also we need somewhere to go and talk about things besides just in our head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. we, we just keep it all in our head. Sometimes we, it just gets really toxic. So yeah. 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 yeah with, uh, connecting with kids. Oh, again, developmentally and age, all that is a little different. Girls and boys are a little different. Um, but stay in the game. You feel like, mm. oh, man, I'm losing my son. No, stay in the game uh, with them. And I don't mean playing the game. I mean, stay uh, with them. If they give you short responses, okay, um, receive it. Um, find ways to integrate them into uh, activities that are outside um, be careful with boys. We tend to focus over focus on the negative, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, and if we want to connect, be careful about using the why, the word why. Why did you do that? Why, why don't you, why haven't you done your homework? Be careful of the word why. It, it just comes across as a strong judgment and it breaks a connection. I, I love that. I don't think any of wow. us ever would have thought of that. So good. So, thank you. So That's good. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hey, as we close out, would you pray over our moms? And yeah. then I'll close out the show for us. Thank you. It's been a joy well, to have you on. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our moms. We thank you because we know that, um, man, we're, they're, they're trying to do their very, very best. So we pray for fresh uh, perspective on our kids. Uh, help us see our kids as you see them. Uh, Lord, where we need patience, where we need grace, where we need um, just a, a new ways or wisdom, ways to reach them. Uh, but let's, Lord, um, give us that. And uh, Lord, give us the opportunity that we can uh, care for ourselves and also um, have that self-compassion that we have for our kids and give it to us, Lord, that we can care for ourselves. And may we have more um, uh, healthy relationships. Uh, bring to those people in our lives that we, we all need one another. So thank you that God you are at work in our kids even when we don't see it in Jesus name amen hey Dr. Jantz thank you so much for being with us I feel like we could have you on every week and there would be more to explore. <laughs> I think our moms are really going to love this. And friends, thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Connected Mom Podcast. And we'll be looking forward to having you join us again next Thursday for another episode of the Connected Mom Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Hey, all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling, and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child. One of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. One of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold 
sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and put the work into listening to your child.